Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Other Identity. I am, of course, the great Landis, and I am joined here by Professor Awesome. And if things might sound just a little bit different, it's because both of us are out of the HQ and at home due to the concerns over COVID-19, the coronavirus. We're all practicing that social distancing and staying safe and healthy, which we hope everyone out there is also doing as well. Ben, How's your uh, how's your self-quarantine been going? You know, not bad, Robbie. Good to hear from you, number one. Um, but I'm glad you're doing okay, first and foremost. Uh, self-quarantine hasn't been bad. I am going to start teaching online classes next week. That should be interesting. Do I still qualify as Professor Awesome if I'm not actually in the classroom? That's the big practical question that's weighing on me. I, I think so. I mean, Batman's still Batman, even if you blow up the Batcave, right? That's fair. Yeah, no one blew up my Batcave. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> keeping one. But no, I'm actually, um, I'm trying to look on the bright side of all of this. First of all, everyone who's listening, hopefully you're all being safe, like Robbie said. Practice social distancing. Listen to the rules. Uh, don't don't be a hero. Um or do be a hero. You know what? The real heroes stay home. So do be a That's hero. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm taking advantage of this time to, number one, get to spend time with my family. I have a young daughter, so this is kind of fun to be at home with her. But also, uh, as we'll discuss later in the show... It's given me a lot of time to catch up on my comics reading, so that's kind of a fun little twist to being stuck in the house all day. That's right, and we'll actually get to more of that today during the end of the show. To give you a preview of what we're going to be talking about, we are once again going to be visiting the mailbag or, oh. or box. What no, I, I forget what you like or don't like. Whatever. We're going to be talking yet, about news lines. That's I, what it is. I, news I headlines. Like anything you've come up with for it, but I definitely. <laughs> well, do you- I think you, you come up with something then. No, I, I think I want to <laughs> let you spread your wings and fly, but oh, I think great. you I think you called it like a new sack or something, and that just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> the news sack. All yeah, right, that's what we're sack. calling it. We're going to reach into the news sack and talk about some of the some of the headlines we've seen over the past few weeks. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, Marvels, which was uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still so bad about uh, the writers and the artists for these. Uh, who is it that did uh, the the Marvels? Um, Annotated, is that right? Sure. We read the Marvel's annotated version. This is uh, the one of my favorite stories of all time, so I recommended it to Robbie with great trepidation. Um, but it was done originally in 1994, written by Kurt Busiek, fully painted art by Alex Ross. And if you read the Marvel's annotated version uh, that came out last year on Marvel Unlimited, there's also about 50 pages per issue of... <laughs> annotations but we will not talk about that we're going to talk about the story itself mm-hmm. and then that's right and then uh finally we're going to wrap up the show talking about a few challenges uh some some read challenges that uh both ben and i and a few friends have started uh which we invite all of you to participate in as well so make sure you stick around to the end of the show to get the details on that so to start with the news sack uh, the first headline here is we uh, officially have confirmation uh, through, uh, I forget if it was James Gunn now or if it was uh, Taika Waititi, but one of the two, that the Guardians of the Galaxy will, in fact, make an appearance in Thor 4. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of like, well, duh, we kind of assumed they were would since we you know left Thor off with them, and I guess people just thought, well, we'd have to see them drop him off wherever he is. I personally don't think that it was a foregone conclusion, but I'm glad to see that at least in some capacity, whether it's just them you know waving him off as they uh, drop him off or actually being in the movie in some fashion, it's good to hear. I personally um, hope that it's the former, that it's just them kind of dropping him off, making a fun cameo, and then going and doing their own thing. And I say that as someone who is a big fan of the Thor Guardians chemistry. I think it was one of the best parts of Infinity War, and I'm looking forward to them interacting. But with these solo movies, I think it's important that 
not every solo movie becomes a Marvel Universe movie. Like, we need focus on Thor, focus on Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Black Panther. And then when they come back together, when we eventually do get another Avengers movie or whatever they end up calling it, it's it feels special the way it did with Infinity War and Endgame. So I'm a fan of them being in the movie. I hope they're not too, too much of it. See, I'm actually going to disagree with that. Uh, I, I, I do agree with everything that you said. That is all correct. But what I'd like to actually see them do is I don't want to have to wait for the big team-up movies to get a little bit of interaction between everybody. I think they should start looking into maybe doing sort of like these limited sort of team-ups. It's still a Thor movie, and the focus should still be on Thor and Dr. Thor, but if they were to bring the Guardians in in a bit more of a limited capacity... You know, maybe they also come in for, like, the final fight, so that way we get a bit more of what we'd love to see, which, as you said, was the Guardians and Thor interact. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Number one, I like what you did there with Dr. Thor. Uh, Number two, I really, um, thinking about it, you know what, they actually had a pretty good model for this with Thor Ragnarok, which Taika Waititi took care of. Using mm-hmm. the Hulk is almost like a co-star, but it was still very much a Thor movie. So if they can strike that balance, I'm good. I just don't want it to become a Guardians movie in all but name, if that makes sense. I totally agree with that. Uh, next up here, we have uh, confirmation that Mark Ruffalo will return as the Hulk for Disney Plus's She-Hulk. We don't know in what capacity, if he'll be a reoccurring character, if he's just there, you know, sort of to maybe help set up the origin of it, but... Mark Ruffalo will be involved in some way. Great news. Mark Ruffalo is fantastic. He's excellent as the Hulk. He has brought a depth to the character that I think is much needed and I think will help establish She-Hulk on its own. Uh, I remember years ago when Mark Ruffalo came to the Marvel HQ in New York and his assistant asked me if we had any green tea, which I thought was funny, number one, because (laughs) Hulk. Um, But then the funny part was me being eager. I said, of course we do. Then I left the room and said, well, I don't have any green tea. And I ran from office to office trying to find green tea for Mark Ruffalo. I was able to locate some, and everything was okay. He didn't hulk out that day. Oh, that is a that might be one of my favorite stories of yours now. Um, yeah, I can't. I think we need to. We'll have to wait a little bit longer to, to know exactly how much he's going to be involved or not involved. I think it'll work out either way, but I think it would be cool to see how the Hulk story continues after Infinity Ward, and this might be a decent way to do it, so long as, you know, we keep the focus on she. Hulk. Yeah, I didn't want to wait until the next big crossover movie to see what happens to Hulk, so this is good news. That's right. So uh, another headline we have here is that one of the Avengers, and this is just a rumor, but one of the Avengers may make a villainous turn in Phase 4, and that is the Scarlet Witch coming uh, off of the Multiverse of Madness, where, you know, the rumors that we have so far is that after WandaVision, some sort of alternate reality bending powers might go awry, and it's up to Doctor Strange to sort of rein her in. Uh, But uh, if this is true, what this tells me is that I don't think that we're going to be getting the Vision back, and it's just going to be a slow descent into insanity for Wanda. Yeah, that tracks. I think that sounds about right. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, that would mean we lose the vision. But on the bright side, we gain a very interesting villain in the Scarlet Witch. I didn't love it when they did it in the comics when she went crazy, which led to Avengers disassembled in the House of Them. But I think Elizabeth Olsen is so talented and able to bring so much range to the role of Wanda that I'd be kind of interested to see what she can do with a villainous turn. I, I think she has enough charisma and power that she can stand toe-to-toe with a Brie Larson 
with a hero versus villain face-off that could be actually very, very cool. It would also bring an entirely new, I think, character dynamic to the MCU, you know, to the MCU. We have heroes, we have villains, you know, you have villains who have sort of, you know, went into that sort of anti-hero-ish sort of role, you know, we've had the Loki, but to truly see someone that I think is a fan favorite descend into and become a villain and see how they use that long-term and to see how the other heroes sort of react to that too, knowing she used to be one of us, I think it could be a very, very strong selling point and, uh, you know, one of the sort of big cruxes of the MCU going forward. I'm all for a good fall from grace. More rumors that Daredevil's Charlie Cox will be in the next Spider-Man. Now, in a previous episode, I believe we talked about this a little bit, the idea of having Daredevil in Spider-Man. And I don't know how much I sold you on this idea that I have, because I also think that, obviously, Charlie Cox's uh, Matt Murdock helps to defend Spider-Man. But what would be really cool is if they also introduced uh, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, before she's the Hulk, into it this way maybe she's the prosecution she has like some sort of anti-hero agenda which eventually when we get the she-hulk series when she becomes a hero herself could sort of set up some really interesting dynamics there what's kind of cool to me about all this and you've sold me on your ideas um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't even need to comment on that i think it's great uh what's really interesting to me and what i love about this is that it feels like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is evolving in the same way the Marvel Universe did, where first we had all of these solo characters who barely interacted, then we had little crossovers, then we had the big crossovers, but now that it's been established, okay, these guys can all be in movies, we can have little team-ups, you know? We can have little, what, what would you'd see in the comics as like one issue of Daredevil showing up in Spider-Man. If he shows up in 20 minutes of the Spider-Man movie, that makes sense. And that actually, to tie back to our earlier story, that's kind of what I want to see in terms of Thor and Guardians. But I would love if in a Spider-Man movie we get a little She-Hulk, a little Daredevil. Just remind everyone, this is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's unlike any cinematic universe you've ever seen, and this is what makes it special. That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, now, this next one here is something that uh, we're not quite sure exactly how this is going to play out, but Free Comic Book Day is coming up and is absolutely, unfortunately, going to be affected by the self-quarantine and the concerns over COVID-19, the coronavirus. So, uh, Ben, uh, I know this is something that's obviously very near and dear to your heart. I haven't in the past been able to participate in a whole lot of free comic book days. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about this? Yeah, I love free comic book day. It's such a great event for uh, not just existing comic readers, but to bring new people in. It's awesome for kids. Uh, it's just a good chance to be part of that community at your comic book store. So it's very, uh, it's of all the hard things that are going on, there's a lot of hard things going on as a result of COVID-19. Uh, new Comic Book Day is definitely, or Free Comic Book Day, rather, is definitely something I'm thinking about. And in general, I mean, we'll touch on this more as kind of this develops and we have more information. But if you're listening to this and you are a comic book fan, try to find alternative ways to support your local comic shop. Um, we're not saying go there no matter what and, you know, risk lives. They're, they're probably closed anyways. But maybe if you have two minutes, reach out to your local comic shop. See if they're doing some sort of delivery service or curbside pickup or anything like that. And, of course, we'll keep posted on the free comic book day what's going to become of it. But in the immediate right now, I think we all need to kind of band together as a comic book community to find ways to help these retailers to uh, to keep going in this really difficult time. Well, you know something that I actually heard that people are doing to help support local uh, restaurants is buying gift cards to be able to use later because oh. that's money that they obviously still get right now and can still use then you know when this whole thing 
hopefully, uh, I don't want to say blows over because it's still very serious, but, you know, when we come out the other side of this, you still have a reason now to go in and have, uh, you know, have these meals. And what's cool about comic books is in most cases you want to go in and pre-order these anyway. You can do that by phone. And I, and I would assume, you know, by debit or credit card, still helping to inject cash into your local comic book stores and then being able to pick them up at a later date. Yeah, uh, that's a great idea. And bottom line is just reach out to your comic retailer if you can. Find out their number, their website, however you can get a hold of them and just find out what can you do to help because, you know, we're all in this together in the end. That's right. And then finally for the news sack, uh, the new Warriors uh, <laughs> are being introduced. Uh, this is following the storyline in Camilla Khan's Outlawed, uh, where some new, or well, not some new, uh, but some former teen vigilantes are basically being brought in to help to train up a, uh, a new generation of heroes. And on Twitter, two of these heroes have generated quite a bit of buzz, and that is uh, the twins Snowflake and Safe Space. Uh, they are psychic, or they have a psychic connection to one another. Uh, Snowflake is able to um, materialize sh- snowflake-shaped shuriken projectiles for throwing, and uh, Safe Space, her brother, can materialize pink force fields that he himself can't inhabit, but other people can. And uh, basically, if you can tell from the names, uh, people are upset. They feel like this is kind of pandery, that it's virtue signaling. I should also mention that Snowflake is uh, non-binary. And I just want to get your thoughts on this, Ben. How do you feel about the sort of naming convention here? Because I don't think the fact that they're trying to include a non-binary character should be anything new. Marvel's been trying to be very diverse and very inclusive now for many, many years. And I feel like in most cases are pretty successful with it. Yeah, I applaud the effort to try to get different types of representation into comics. So the non-binary character, I think, is an idea that's time has not only come, it's, it's, it's been here. I know there have been some other attempts at this, but to do a high-profile one is great. I actually um, spoke to the writer of New Warriors, Daniel Kibblesmith, um, for, I don't know if I can cross-promote here, but for my column, of course. Over, my column over on Marvel.com, Marvel Tales, out every Monday. Uh, great for reading during quarantine. But I had a nice talk with uh, Daniel. He's a funny, interesting guy. And again, guys, at the end of the day, this is comic books. If we can't kind of, I don't feel like this is a shot at anybody. I feel like this is just a cool little social commentary that's also a little bit funny. The idea that, you know, obviously snowflakes, safe space, these are these are terms we associate primarily with young people, right? So mm-hmm. using a book like New Warriors, it's about young people, having them take ownership of the names. I don't... When you told me about this yesterday and said it was a big deal, I was like, people must be really going stir crazy from being uh, stuck in the house because I was like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is not a big deal to me at all. It's uh, more important is the fact that, like you said, inclusion of a non-binary character, uh, addressing issues like that. That's the headline here. Don't worry about what called. I don't know. Am I, am I completely off base on this one, Robbie? No, I don't think so either. And, 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 and to your point, too, I thought that, uh, uh, you know, the writer had mentioned, too, that, you know, they had basically chosen their names for that exact reason. You know, the media, politicians, they throw around the term snowflake and safe space as though they are insult. And so I like this idea that they're kind of wearing them as badges of armor. You know, they're making them their armor so that they can't, you know, hurt them. It, it, it's the same uh, um, thinking behind Tyrion Lannister in, in Game of Thrones. Mm. And, you know, I had actually talked to uh, Callie, uh, you know, former, uh, was a former host in this show as well, uh, who identifies as gender fluid. And, you know, when I talked to her, she had pointed out that, you know, is this something that, that offends her? Not really. And it's something that's honestly right in line with the way that comics have always been written. You know, when it comes to gender, you know, pronouns and the way that gender exists within our society right now it's a hot button topic 
And it's no surprise that comics sort of are tackling this in a not very subtle way. It's the same way that, you know, that when Captain America first debuted, Captain America, and he's punching Nazis. Not very subtle there, is it? So, I don't know. I I, I think that instead of, because obviously everyone who's making these judgments are making them purely based off of the announcements itself. And what we should be waiting to do is seeing what the material itself ends up playing out like and then making our judgments there. I agree. All right, guys, that's going to be it for the news sack, which is what we're calling it until Ben comes up with something better. Coming up next, though, we're going to be talking about the Marvels, and Ben seems to think that we're going to that we may come to blows over this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Got my gloves on. Hey, what's up? It's Weird Beard, and we're trying to figure out the best game of all time, and we need your help. Head to CheckpointXP.com and find our video game bracket challenge to vote. Vote now through March 30th, and you will register to win a Respawn gaming chair for you and a friend. Make sure you check out our sponsor, Respawn, when you stop by our website and tell us who you think the best game of all time is. Just head to CheckpointXP.com right now. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Other Identity. Thank you so much for downloading. And if you haven't yet, I'd encourage you to do two things. The first is to share the podcast with any of your friends that may be comics fans. Or, even if they're not comics fans, this is the best place to get them into the same thing that we all love. And that's comics. The second thing is to make sure that you're following us on social media. That is Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also find me and Ben individually at Robbie underscore Landis CP and Ben at Ben J. Morris. So, Ben, uh, this part of the show here, we're going to talk a little bit about Marvels, which actually uh, Marvels Annotated came out, I believe you said, a few years ago. So why don't you go ahead and set the stage for us? So Marvels Annotated came out last year, but Marvels itself came out in 1994. So I was just a young boy, uh, just just finding myself, really. That sounds terrible. But <laughs> I... Um, I remember distinctly when this came out. It, you, it's basically, you were cadet awesome back then. <laughs> yeah, if, if anything. Um, student awesome. Um, but it's basically the premise is it's four issues, oversized, fully painted by Alex Ross. This was his first major superhero work, written by Kurt Busiek, who would go on to do Avengers, Thunderbolts, and a variety of other great stories. It's looking at the birth of the Marvel Universe through the eyes of the man on the street. In this case, it's a photographer named Phil Sheldon. We get to see how he experienced the golden age of Marvel, Human Torch and Namor. Uh, we get an issue on mutants, the X-Men. We get a look at when the Fantastic Four first encountered Galactus, which may be my favorite of the issues just because the, uh, the fully painted splash pages are amazing. And then a quick dart into Spider-Man lore, uh, looking at the stuff with Gwen Stacy. But... The themes of it are kind of exploring how the normal people of the Marvel Universe have this weird love-hate relationship with superheroes. One minute they're obsessed with them, they think they're the best thing ever. The next they are just constantly, you know, kind of 
throwing them under the bus, blaming them for everything that goes wrong in their lives. And I always found this very interesting because to me, this is what separates Marvel from DC somewhat, is that in Marvel, heroes are not revered all the time. They're celebrated sometimes, but it's very much a universe that is very layered, where the responses are different. So I've always taken to this series. Uh, I hand it to people who have not are not familiar with the Marvel Universe, because I think it's a great introduction to some of the big characters. Mm. I think the art is phenomenal. Um, and I wanted to give it to Robbie, who had never read it, read it, and see what he thought. All right. Well, the first thing I have to say is you're right. The art in it is absolutely incredible. It is flawless in just about every aspect. Um, I don't think this is a great place for people to start. And that's not because I think that it's bad. I do think that overall the, the, the project itself is phenomenal. I think it is a unique and, and very spectacular take on the way they sort of retell some of the key moments throughout the Marvel Universe. And, and I do like it, but as far as my personal taste goes, I don't know that I would be able to follow a series of this, you know. A, a four sort of issue special, you know, a one time sort of thing, I think is great with it. And as I was sort of going through it, and I'm like, I like, I identify the fact that this is good, right? That mm-hmm. This is very talented writing. It's great art. So what is it about it that, that, that isn't capturing me the same way that some of my favorite stories do? And, and this is why I think you love it so much is I believe the execution on this is the, the best way that I can describe it is academic, mm, right? Okay. There's not a whole lot of personality going on in there. I mean, I mean, I guess you do get some of it from, uh, as you said, the main character, Phil, Phil Sheldon, but it definitely feels and reads to me more like what a comic history book would be as opposed to a personalized story being told through the eyes of heroes. That is a really good way of looking at it, and I have to take my gloves off because I don't think we're going to come to blows here. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. I think, look, Kurt Busiek, brilliant writer, But also, he and Alex Ross are both big, not just comic book fans, but comic book historians. So maybe I've been wrong in looking at this as the book you hand to somebody who's never read Marvel before. Maybe this is the book for Marvel diehards who want to take a look back and kind of celebrate the stuff they already know. I I could see it more dramatic. Here's here's the the moment, too, where I think if someone's new to Marvel and you hand them this book – where they're going to get the most confused, right? I think from an issue-by-issue issue sort of approach, I think it all works out very well. And you're right, the whole Galactus thing is is amazing. But where I kind of got a little bit, mm, and this is a problem I've always had, but it's never been as crystal clear than it was in Marvels, is we go from Phil Sheldon, you know, being at awe and finally accepting, you know, who the Marvels are and, and, and the role that superheroes are playing. And then he walks outside and the mutants are here now and everyone hates them automatically. And I've always, I've always looked at this like, why is it that we're okay with mutants? Or I'm sorry, that we're okay with heroes, but we're not okay with mutants. The only difference is, is that mutants are born with that power. Now, obviously, when you get deeper into the mythos of the X-Men, it's the idea that, you know, uh, uh, homo sapiens are being replaced by homo superior and they're afraid. It starts to make more sense. But if you're not familiar with X-Men and the mutants already, 
I feel like going from issue one to two, that's something that that a new fan or a new reader might be confused about. I will say, I think he, I think Busick does a pretty good job in this issue in Marvel's number two of kind of vocalizing what you just said. He has Phil say, you know, we're afraid of mutants because they're here to replace us. Uh, that's that's what we've been told, and it's kind of, it's almost feeding into the idea that they play off it a little bit in Marvel's the idea that humanity's distrust and hatred of mutants is born almost like by the media coverage. It's actually a very timely thing. Um, That's fair. But no, I get what you're saying. I, it, it can be a stretch to why do people hate mutants, but they don't necessarily hate the Fantastic Four. Well, they do touch on it a little bit here, but nonetheless, I think whether you are a Dive in the Wolf fan or someone who's coming to this new, that story in Marvel's number two, and I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it, but basically the way Phil ends up encountering mutants on a personal level oh it's really great really hits me man I like mm-hmm. and then i would say the for this for this comic I, I i reread it yesterday for the millionth time and that first issue is fine that's kind of the awe of look at these incredible characters the mutants issue i think is incredibly heartrending, especially to me as a father because there's some big father-daughter stuff in there then Galactus is just a spectacle and then the inevitability of the Spider-Man story those are the high points of this series for me. Yeah, no, I I can't argue with that uh, unfortunately. Uh now there is there is a few other the uh, um Marvel's sort of like s- s- spin-offs, I'm not sure if spin-offs is the right word that that are currently in stores and currently being being published right now. Uh why don't you tell us a little bit about those right. if anyone's you know curious to find out more. Yeah, so it is the it was the I think in 1990 or 2019 was the 25th anniversary of Marvel. So that's why we had Marvel's Annotated. Uh they put out a one-shot called Marvel's Epilogue, which was a new additional story from Busick and Ross. Now in 2020, there's a bunch more things kind of spinning out of the Marvel's corner of the Marvel Universe, and I, for one, am super excited about it. You've got Marvel's X, which is a prequel to the Earth X trilogy, again, done by Alex Ross. Uh, It's kind of a look at what happened before everything in Earth X. If you've read Earth X, this is a great lead-in. If you haven't read Earth X, maybe hop on Marvel Unlimited. You've got some free time uh, because you'll be pretty lost with Marvel's X. Then Marvel, singular, is a book that Alex Ross is curating. It's basically his original idea for what Marvel's was, and that's just a series of short stories from different creators uh, capturing moments, snapshots in the Marvel Universe. Speaking of snapshots, probably my favorite project so far is something called Marvel's Snapshots, which is Kurt Busiek, the writer, picking some of his favorite creators to do stories from, much like Phil Sheldon's point of view, these are from the point of views of the normal people in superheroes' lives. There was a great one that came out just last week, focusing on the Submariner, incredible art by Jerry Ordway, uh, told from the perspective of his girlfriend, Betty Dean. And it's it's phenomenal. I, I, I was really, really impressed by it. And then the last thing that's coming out uh, in the next couple months is going to be an ongoing series by Busick. He's really busy. Um, he's going to be doing a book called The Marvels, which is a team that draws from different Marvel characters across different eras and ages, teaming up in a huge action adventure. And again, cheap plug, I just interviewed Kurt last week on Marvel.com for my Marvel Tales column. You can find it via my Twitter, via my Instagram, Ben Morse 882 or Ben 
reads comics. We talked all about all this stuff. So there you go. That's that's the best I could do as far as a fairly short summary. All right, great. Well, looking forward to seeing how those stack up to the original Marvels. And uh, something I'd like to ask from you guys out there listening to us, especially if you're a new fan to the podcast or to comics in general, if you aren't very familiar with uh, just Marvel in general, you know, get Marvel Unlimited, check out Marvel's Annotated, and let us know what you think. You know, as a beginner sort of being introduced into it, what do you think? Is it a good place to jump in or not? Again, you can do you can let us know what you think on Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, Robbie underscore Landis CP or Ben J. Morris. Now sit tight here. Coming up, we don't have a whole lot of time left in the podcast, but we're going to tell you about some of the challenges that Ben and I have been taking on. And uh, we'll sort of uh, walk you through going forward, both on social media and on the show. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers. We've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the other identity. So, uh, something that Ben and I have started doing here recently, uh, within like the past week or so, and you know, the whole self quarantine thing is sort of uh, helped to, I think, f- facilitate that, is we've taken on a reading challenge. For myself, uh, I talked about this a little bit last week. It is the DC Rebirth Era Challenge. And uh, Ben, what is it that uh, you're you're doing something with Superman? Is that right? Yeah, I, uh, this is actually the brainchild of my buddy Arun Singh, who is a VP over at Boom Studios, but also a huge Superman fan. And we worked together at Marvel. He was the head of PR when I was there working in New Media. And basically, Arun's taken one of his favorite stories of all time, maybe his favorite story of all time, The Return of Superman from the early 90s. And what he and I are doing is starting, hopefully, the day this episode drops, Monday, um, we are going to be looking one issue at a time at the reign of the Superman story. So every day we're going to read an additional Superman comic, starting with Adventures of Superman number 500. We'll be sharing our thoughts on Twitter, where I am Ben J. Morse. Arun is Arun, A-R-U-N-E. No one else took that. And I will also be covering this on my Instagram Ben Reads Comics, and we'll be sharing our thoughts step-by-step on this incredible Superman saga. It's a, you know, it's a cool thing to do, a thing to read as a community and share our thoughts and get into conversations as we go through this self-quarantine period. Now, the hashtag for this is going to be Read of the Superman. So it's (laughs) R-E-A-D-O-F-T-H-E-S-U-P-E-R-M-E-N. I'm not going to spell it again. I'll just say it. It's Read of the Superman. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully we can get Arun on the show at some point to come on and talk about his love for Superman as well as uh, what inspired this project. 
Yeah, no, that would be that would be great. And uh, you know, it's really weird too that that, that you and Arun have started to, decided to sort of do this because it was probably I think maybe the week before uh, you know I had decided after having. You know, my first big sort of experience with comics was reading through the entirety of the Ultimate Universe, which I never actually finished because it wasn't completely done at the time. But, you know, I decided to go back, and at one point I had started the Rebirth sort of era, you know, working up to the Doomsday Clock uh, crossover event. And I never quite finished it, and the other day I was kind of looking around and actually found a list of all the series that are considered the Rebirth era. Made myself a checklist, and I've done the same thing now, having finished Green Lanterns and started on Super Sons. I am now also making my way through the entirety of the DC Rebirth era with the hashtag DC Rebirth Era Challenge. I'm also not going to spell that, uh, but I've just about finished with the Super Sons, and then I'm not sure where I'm going to start there, but I'm going to try and, and I think, wrap up all the series that have ended first before I jump into the stuff that's still continued. But... We, can, we uh, wanted to invite you guys to come along on both of the adventures with us, even if you don't have the time to dedicate to reading each of these books. Again, follow us on Twitter, CheckpointXP, Robbie underscore Landis CP, and Ben J. Morris. Just follow along with us. We'll be talking about our experiences there on an issue-by-issue, day-by-day basis. And, uh, you know, we would just love for more people to be involved in this endeavor along with us because comics, in the end, are all about community. Yeah, and just to clarify one thing that I've been meaning to do for a few weeks, if you guys hear Robbie pronounce my name as Morris, like Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell, it's actually Morse, like Morse code. So if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's Ben J M O R S E. I spell it out, don't I? <laughs> that was a complete. Do I Morris? Morris? Do I say? Do I? I don't even realize that Robbie, I'm doing it. It's Robbie, a, it must be a Michigan Robbie, thing. Everybody says it that way. It is not your fault. It is <laughs> okay, not your fault so at it's all. It's not even that a Michigan was thing. Not intended to throw you under the bus. That was no. Just, it's fine. All good. Clarification. All good. Listen, man. This is this is an era where again we need to stick together and have each other's backs, despite what Robbie well, and I may do on Twitter. We, we care about each other very much. You know, my last name isn't actually Landis. Oh, That's just, you know, my uh, my superhero sort of persona uh, uh, alter ego. I have never um, broken the fourth wall on that. But I am well aware with the whole, uh, you know, uh, last name being mispronounced thing. But uh, anyway, that's all the time that we have for today. Zoom is about to cut out on us, and producer Chad is uh, hot on our heels. So, guys, <laughs> until next week, remember you can come back here for all your superhero and comic book needs. Check back with us. Same other identity channel. Same other identity time. <laughs>